in the booth. We are here with the number three ranked featherweight and number six pound for pound Bellator fighter Arlene uh, Aussie girl Angerfist Blanco. And I am very excited to be talking to, you know, a great ambassador for the sport. Um, someone who's been around for a while, challenged for the title several times. So, Arlene, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Um, thanks for having me on the show. It's um, You're my, actually, uh, welcome back to the podcast. Well, I haven't done one for a long, long time. Um, so, yeah, it's good to get back on there. And, yeah, obviously, like, remind people that I'm still very much on the scene. And, um, yeah, have a chat with about what I've been doing and, and what's ahead of, um, for me. 100%. Uh, was this uh, was it a conscious decision uh, to do less media as well then? Um, you know, because uh, um, I wasn't aware of that until you reached out that you really wanted to make a push again, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of just... Um, last fight camp was a, a real tough fight camp for me. Um, yeah, and I didn't really do a lot of media pushing that fight. Um, I kind of did the bare minimal um, with just, yeah, what my manager had organised and um, the ones I had to do. Um, normally I'm a lot more vocal, doing as many podcasts as I can. But And then post-fight, um, yeah, again, I just wasn't in a really good place. I just kind of wanted to step away from the fight world and um, obviously I had knee surgery and I really wanted to focus on home life and, um, yeah, just, uh, I guess, me and my identity outside of the fight world and just really go back to just enjoying the simple things in life and detach myself from yeah, me as a fighter. So, yeah, I wasn't ready to speak about it, but I'm very much ready to jump back into this world. And, um, yeah, like I said, remind people that I'm still here. <laughs> Good, yeah, because, I mean, the, the mental side of things is always um, like 80% of the game, some say, you know? Um, 100%. So, yeah. you sort of I, try, um, try different Jimmy things Crew, out. Jimmy mm -hmm. Crew put a, a post up after his, um, you know, recent loss, and um, it really re resonated with me. And, kind of was exactly how I was feeling after my last fight. Like, um, yeah, I went through a lot sort of in the fight camp itself. And, and yeah, um, if for those people that were watching closely, I was taking my gloves off and, and yeah, I was ready to sort of put them down and in the cage. And very similar to what, you know, he was looking like. We were all thinking, gosh, he's retiring. And, yeah, just that same sort of relationship with the sport. Like, a lot of people don't realise how much this sport takes from you. Like, it gives us absolutely everything. And this sport's given me absolutely everything that I have. But... It takes a lot from you too. So, um, you know, you, you really need to have that healthy relationship with it um, and, and love what you do and be enjoying be enjoying it for it to, um, yeah, just for you to be able to deal with it all. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah, I've, I found my way back and I'm ready to jump back into things. So something interesting is always, um, especially when, when fighters get later into their career, it's... Um gratitude they start like discovering gratitude and that's that's uh but it's a difficult line to be like wanting to achieve the highest thing in the sport like winning world titles and everything like that and because yeah. you know the, the the toughness of the challenge it makes for uh setbacks more setbacks probably 100%. Uh, so there's a tough relationship right between like wanting to achieve that and also just having gratitude for just being there you know yeah, well, that that's pretty much um, sums up my career <laughs> because, I mean, yeah, it was 10 years ago I won my two boxing world titles that I don't know if you can see them in the back there on the bottom shelf. But, um, and, yeah, I've been chasing that feeling of becoming a world champion again and, I've, you know, I've fallen short in the Bellator cage and, and that's my ultimate goal is to, you know, be the Bellator featherweight world champion. And, um, and it's hard because you come back from defeat and not achieving that goal and you think, like, you kind of throw your hands in the air and, and you're kind of trying to find where you are and um yeah you really do have to be like grateful for 
everything you've achieved, achieved along the way. And for me, um, you know, looking at what I've done over the last 14 years in this sport um, as a combat athlete and, and how it's helped my personal life and, and the things that I've been able to um, do because of my fight career and um, the avenues, the people I've met, you know, financially, um, me, the growth, is, um, the growth of me as a person, um, there's so many things to be grateful for. So, yeah, the ultimate goal of being the world champion isn't the be-all and end-all. Obviously, the ultimate goal is that. But, yeah, you do have to constantly sit back and remind yourself about how far you've come and, and what you've achieved in those small little steps on your way to becoming the world champion. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was going to get to this later, but since we already got here, uh, <laughs> because you have, you've challenged for the Bellator title uh, three times, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And... Um, does it because you are someone who I see as like you've matured into the game like a fine wine, you know, um, you've gotten better uh, later on, you know. Um, is it like frustrating knowing that it's achievable for you because you've been so close, you know? Yeah, that it's something yeah. that you cannot let go of and it's, it's just going to be a constant chase. Pretty much. And that's yeah, I guess that's why I'm still here, too, because um yeah it just it's it's right there and I'm right there um you know obviously it's quite disappointing for me to having um you know slipped that last loss against Sarah and um you know kind of taking myself out of that title contention and, and now having to work you know a little bit harder to get back there again but um you know because yeah my only up, up until my last loss my only losses were those title fights against the you know the world champions so um, you know, not taking anything away from Sarah. She's coming out from the UFC. She's a tough opponent. She will go very, very well in, um, you know, the featherweight um, rankings within Bellator. But, yeah, um, I, I just wish a better version of me had turned up on the night um, just so that I could, yeah, be right back there, jumping up and down for that title again and, and, and holding that gatekeeper um, hashtag that I was holding after the last um, cyborg fight. Mm-hmm. And so, because of the so the last fight, uh, I mean, up until the end, like you were still in it because you rocked her as well in the in the third round. I remember. Um, yeah. But what what are some of the things that you think uh, went wrong? You know. Yeah, I had I had a couple of um, setbacks, and and I'm not going to sit here and make excuses. Um, Sarah won that fight fair and square. The better fighter turned up on the night, and that purely was it. Um, um yeah like I said a couple of setbacks in the fight camp um it was a long fight camp and taking a step away from the fight scene and really sort of um re-evaluating things and looking at what happened like I had that you know stellar performance against Cyborg in 2022 mm -hmm. um you know obviously again Cyborg won that but I mean I went the five rounds with her it's something that nobody else inside the Bellator cage has been able to do um, you know, there's only two of us fighters, both Holly Holm and I, that have ever gone the distance with um, Cyborg, she's a finisher. So, um, you know, I came off that stellar performance with that. I came off with a heap of confidence thinking, well, I've stood five rounds in front of Chris Cyborg, the, the goat of the MMA scene, like, you know, she's, she's done it all. So I came off with a heap of confidence and was super keen just to get straight back in there. I was straight back into training and then we were hoping to fight later on in the year in 2022 and that didn't happen. And yeah, fast forward, it was 12 months later until I, like when I finally fought again. So it was 12 months of me being mentally and physically switched on waiting for a fight. And then by the time I actually got the fight news um, at the beginning of this year, um, I started fight camp with a concussion. I um, had just 
yeah, there's just a few little setbacks through camp um, that was definitely made it um, not a great camp at all. And that was probably one of the reasons I didn't want to get on and do many um, media you know, podcasts mm. and interviews because I don't didn't want to be that person, you know, most people get on there and be like, I'm the best chef of my life and, you know, I've had the oh, best yeah. camp. <laughs> You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not someone, I'm going to say it how it is. And so I didn't really want to say <laughs> how it was in interviews. So, um, yeah, and then come fire night, I just, I even know from how I felt inside that cage, there was moments, especially there was a lot of ground time in that fight. And there was a lot of times where I could have, um, you know, changed positions and, and got the upper hand, but I just didn't have that grunt in me. And um, that was the main thing that I wanted to make sure that I've, I'm bringing back um, now in my training before I start another fight camp because, yeah, I'm not going to step back inside that Bellator cage um, being that same fighter that I was in my last fight. It, um, you know, I showed the grunt, like you said, in the third round because my coach just told me I need to go out there and knock her out and I kind of, you know, I brought that back. So I'm happy with that. But, um, yeah, I, I just want my old version back and, and these last couple of weeks of training showed that, um, yeah, she's coming back. So it's exciting. Awesome. And that's like part of just having experience in the sport to know um, at what moments you need to take more time off maybe to, to get yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Not just physically, well, mentally, I mean, but I wasn't aware that there was something physically going on either as well. In the, yeah. Well, I mean, um, I guess the good thing for me and, and you know what, I'm one of those people that um, is a big believer in like the blessings, like having blessings in disguise. Um you know, post um, fight, I went straight into surgery. Um, I had surgery on my knee. So um, that actually took me, well, forced me away from the gym. This is, it had been the longest time that I was away from fight training and I was taken away. The only thing that I was able to do was obviously my knee recovery. And as the weeks went on, I was slowly allowed to be reintroduced into swimming and then boxing pad rounds. And I've just last week gone back to wrestling training. Um, tomorrow I go start jujitsu. So everything's been added in. So it's like having it taken away from me has made me appreciate it and look forward mm. to it. And, you know, like you know, I was allowed to run, um, it was last week and I was like, it was like Christmas. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's having that surgery and having an injury like that. I've got, I had to actually learn to walk again. <laughs> so um, yeah, it just was, it's all been a blessing in disguise. It was exactly what I needed mentally and physically. Um, yeah, to bring the hunger back in and the passion and the love for what I do. So that's sort of like you had a taste of what it would be like for, for it to be taken away from you in a way. 100%. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. That's uh that's a new, that's another new lesson that you just learned there. Yeah. Yeah. I was, well, I mean, I I've curious. had a few, a few times oh, throughout my career um, where, where those instances have happened. And again, they've been blessings in disguise. Like, yeah, a few years ago when I broke my hand, I was going through similar, a similar stage and was contemplating, you know, possible retirement, this and that. And yeah, decided to take a boxing fight, um, just to see if I still had it. And, um, yeah, it just happened that I broke my hand in that boxing fight and similar wow. sort of thing. I had, you know, was taken away from like fight training and bits and pieces. And yeah, that was what it took to get that hunger back. So yeah, grateful for the little, little blessings. Yeah, because what I wonder is um, if you've fought one of the goats twice, right? And especially, you know, putting on a, a great performance the second time and busting her up and all that. If the frustration of not winning that play um you know carries over into the next fight that you're maybe too eager or maybe um maybe underestimate 
an opponent too unconsciously not that you go in there you know yeah but you think of yourself as i am that person and i deserve to fight for that title every single time yeah know? yeah um did that play a factor not no i guess not really no i mean i i look at every single opponent and i mean anyone that i face now they're dangerous um and if anything um i prefer to fight someone like cyborg because yeah being the underdog you know that you're in for a fight whereas anyone that's up and oh not that sarah's up and coming but i remember a few years ago when i fought diana silver she was new to the promotion was an unranked fighter i mean they're dangerous fights to have because you don't know really know what to expect and um you know, they're coming for it all. And the same thing, Sarah was coming for my number one ranking. Well, actually, it was number two because Kat took it um, before that fight. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like I knew Sarah was going to be a tough fight. Um, I think I was just expecting a lot more out of myself that it was just going to, you know, I was going to jump back in the cage and, and bring that same sort of energy that I had from the cyborg fight. But, um, yeah, it's just a case of just being just mentally drained and I guess physically, you know, being switched on for that whole 12 months and yeah. So. Yeah. So it was still like you, you needed even more time kind of, <clears throat> but you wouldn't think that because usually you would fight more frequently. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I guess. What did I? Yeah. I guess it's a hard one for me now. And I, and I do know that the matchmaking for Bellator is hard with the, the girls at the high level because, um, you know, I've fought nearly everyone in the division now. Um, there's only a couple of girls that haven't fought, but those couple of girls, I know Bellator possibly are saving them for, for a title shot. Like I haven't fought Kat Zangano, but there's talk of her fighting, um, obviously, Chris. And then we've got Leah McCourt that I haven't um, fought yet, but, you know, she's also up there in title contention. So it's, it's a hard one, them obviously getting opportunity to fight me. And then if I you know, stop them, then it just kind of makes, I guess they're just trying to avoid the me and Chris Cyborg for a third fight. <laughs> Even though Just I because, yeah, I mean, that's what the MMA promotions do, you know, they they they, they don't want to circulate the fight, you know. Yeah, yeah. Even so, if it's fair, you know, like, so it's just, yeah, it's, it's part of the, <laughs> it's part of the game when you have a structure that is like, like the way Bellator and the UFC do it, you know, rather than a PFL, you know, like who have a league where, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean I, I do like what how PFL do it as well though. That that's super cool. It's kind of like um there's no picking and choosing who you fight. It's kind of like this is who you fight and you continue yeah. on like it's yeah, and, and the girls know when they're fighting and it's keeping them active and um yeah, no, it, it's it's cool. I mean I'm enjoying seeing how um yeah that platform's working. Yeah, because we've been working with them, especially the <laughs> European contingent, uh, PFL Europe came here, so you know, um it's just very, it makes it accessible as well for new fans and stuff that have been watching other sports to understand how the system works, you know, because there's yeah, a clear structure yeah. to it, point system, knockout system, playoffs, you know, so, yeah. Um, before I uh, go into that, um, there's a la last one about Cyborg, because now that you fought her twice, every time you learn more about her, and I'm pretty sure, like, the later the fight goes, the more you start figuring out, like, ah, oh, I just found some new holes in her game, you know? So you're probably <laughs> eager to get in there and fight her the third time. Are there any things that you now found out again that you're like, ah, oh, I can capitalize on that? Any, like, um, you know, ways to beat her? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you just get, oh, I'm happy, when, like, I mean, we took her to an, into a dog fight in the last parts of the... Um, 
it was so much fun <laughs> yeah and, and it was it was kind of like one of those feelings where you just um like there's every there's always a stage in a fight where you just think oh fuck it like you know obviously once I've been cut or like you know you've been hit a few times and you just, you've got nothing to lose and I knew I had nothing to lose so mm. you know you, you take away take away from it being a pretty fight and you just start throwing you make it a fight so um yeah, I just, I, there's definitely things that I, well, I worked on straight away after that fight and I wanted to improve on. And obviously it was, um, yeah, maybe not being so defensive, um, you know, improving on my wrestling, obviously, um, bits and pieces, which actually didn't really show in my Sarah McMahon fight because she out wrestled me. But um, yeah, just, just going forward, being the aggressor. I think a lot of people when they do fight, Chris are intimidate, intimidated by her, which, um, yeah, there's good reason to be. <laughs> she hits yeah. hard, that's for sure. But um, yeah, like I, I know um, I can take a punch and I can throw as well. So it's just taking that air of, um, you know, being afraid of being hit by her. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. so hopefully we do get a chance to fight again. Um, but yeah, for me at the moment, I'm not really thinking about the title. Like I said, it's just kind of just focusing on this next fight and bringing me back. So whoever, whoever it is mm. that I'm fighting, it's just, yeah, bringing the old anger piece back. Yeah. Start working on that highlight reel, you know, <laughs> just like yeah. about the highlight reel. Um, do you, do you work with any uh, sports psychologists, mental coaches and stuff like that? Because um, oh. the more the game advances, like I, because I'm managing athletes now too, and this is starting to become a very big thing. Nutritionist is becoming, is the biggest one that people are open, yeah. uh, like open people's minds now and change their life and career. And then yeah. mental coaches now are coming up. 100%. Yeah, no, I do. I work with a sports psychologist. Um, my mental side of things has definitely always been a downfall of um, my fight career from the early stages. Um, I guess for me, I was a lot of things in my personal life that I was dealing with too, and it was kind of carrying over into my life by career, like with confidence and believing yourself and this and that. But um, I um, work with a sports psychologist at Jackson Inc., um, Dr. William Shandon um so I've been working with him for a few years now and um yeah it's definitely helped a lot of areas in um like my I guess my fight preparation like during camp and then obviously in the fight itself um yeah we made some yeah big headway and a lot of improvements with how I approach my fights and makes the whole experience actually a lot more pleasant um mm -hmm. I've said to a lot of people normally I do fight camp and then I get to fight night and I'll just be like do nerves would be taking over and I'd be sitting in the back change room like oh my god why am I here like I actually hated fighting um <coughs> pardon me um hated the whole feeling hated the whole experience um yeah so it's it's actually made the whole experience of fighting you know being in the moment so much more enjoyable um and it's something that I'm actually really grateful for because I am at the end of my career so I would hate to, in 10 years' time, look back and think, God, I wish I had have enjoyed being in the change rooms or I wish I had have enjoyed the walk out to the cage or I wish I had have enjoyed the time in the cage more. Um, so, yeah, I'm grateful that, especially my last few fights, I've really enjoyed it. And, yeah, it's, it's a special time. Like, there's a lot of people who love um, MMA and have never experienced what it's like to be out in a change room and, you know, mm -hmm. having all the... Um, other fighters in there preparing the coaches and especially for me being the fighter like it, it's all about me and my preparation like warming up for the fight and and then standing at the end of the walk to the um to the cage and having the whole crowd look at you the lights on you and yeah it's um 
something I'm definitely glad I enjoy now, which is good, and and soak up, which is nice, um, and enjoy the cage time. Um, done a lot of mental mm-hmm. practice and spent a lot of time in that cage. So when I do step in there, it just feels like it's like a training um, room, you know. So. So so when do you feel like it started changing that you suddenly started enjoying <laughs> it again? Because again, it's something again. Yeah, you want to cherish. You want to have those memories, especially at the highest level, and. You know, I've I've sit in cage side several times at, at Bellator and the show they put on is amazing. I tell people uh, it, it, it might sometimes even be more like look better than the UFC because they also have those, uh, you know, your a personalized walkout. They have the stage where yeah. you walk the walkway, you know. So, yeah, yeah. you want to cherish those memories. Yeah, definitely. Um, it started changing. I started working with Doc back in 2020 uh, for my first cyborg fight and um i had the two fights then before we see my second cyborg fight and it we made a lot of headway in the um second cyborg fight and it was really good because the mental practice for that um fight i could really just relive like re um go through a lot of obviously the first fight experiences which was really good. So it's kind of like I wasn't just imagining what it was like in there because I've actually done it. So, you know, I, I know what, you know, visualising standing in front of Cyborg and the size of her. And, um, yeah, so I feel like that fight camp, we made a lot of um, a lot of improvements. And I guess it showed in my performance too. And obviously, you know, the fact that Cyborg finished me in the second round, that first fight, and then I was able to go the five rounds with her and, um, you know, put on a fight. Um, really showed how much improvement we'd made obviously phys- um, physically and mentally so yeah and, and you also mentioned something about um how uh, when you're not going when you're going through things personally as well it affects your your training obviously uh things like yeah. that uh how does your experience and also the 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 inclusion of sort of a sports psychologist uh help in separating those two like do you do you feel like it's easy for you to separate personal and if you're going through things outside of the cage and the sport itself um i feel like when i first started fighting my life was so chaotic that i used to try and separate the two so um you know there'd be like obviously anger fist and there'd be like you know arlene but um mm-hmm. as my i guess my career and and the years have gone on my life isn't chaotic and i have you know um peace in all areas of my um, life so I haven't I don't feel like I need to separate the two of them um so mm-hmm. yeah I've been able to work on a lot of things and me over the years as a person um I've grown and I've become obviously through, thanks to my fighting and training definitely a lot more confident um I've you know explored different a- avenues pursued things that I wouldn't normally pursue and then you know obviously everything I've achieved in my, in my fight career. So yeah, the two of them are blended together and yeah, I don't feel like I have to separate them. Um, obviously earlier on when I mentioned how I, um, I guess I needed to find my identity again, sometimes, yeah, fighting does just consume everything um, about me. It does take over. And mm. this is the thing, like in my household, like my fight career is pretty much what consumes our whole family sort of thing. Like, you know, our family holidays get be have to get put on hold because of my fight career um my partner and i recently got engaged after my last um my last fight so yeah even just plans for engagement part of the wedding like um even Wait. <clears throat> expanding our um sorry oh i was gonna say because you, you do fight in hawaii a lot that's not bad <laughs> you can, yeah, you can yeah, plan so that. We get the over there. 
But um, but even expanding our family um, further is put on hold because of my fight career. So, yeah, it just um, my whole identity, I guess, is, is me as a fighter. So that was something that I kind of wanted to separate a little bit from after the last fight because I was feeling like I had an unhealthy relationship with my fight career. But for the most part, um, yeah, everything, well, everything right now is great. So which just makes mm-hmm. things so much easier. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one because you do want everything to go into your career, especially when you're in fight camp, to for, for everything to yeah. be focused on your career and everyone to be focused on your career with with the support they give. But at the same time, it's 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 not just with fighters, but everyone. I feel like it's sometimes difficult to separate yourself from the job uh, if if it's something that consumes you. And I have had to get over that too sometimes with being an entrepreneur, like this is being my career, that it doesn't become my identity because I'm not only this. And that's when I started yeah. exploring more skills as well. And that's why I do everything, um, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I totally get that. I guess yeah. that's why, um, like we were talking before this about um, soccer. And, you know, when, I, when yeah. I'm not training to do my thing, like, you know, I'm a big soccer supporter watching my partner and my son. Um, you know, I'm on the side of the soccer field three nights a week with him training. And, yeah, um, I'm very much a homebody and, um, you know, I love, being a, like a, a stay-at-home mum when I'm not training and and yeah playing the the housewife role so um mm-hmm. yeah it just it's been nice the last couple of months um you know laying low on the fight side of things and just and and being me outside of fighting and does being a mother sort of also because it because being a mother kind of in my opinion or in my imagination forces you to sort of uh, play the mother role sometimes and se- oh sorry separate that from the from the fighter as well has that helped you sort of keep, keep you know not be too consumed by being the fighter all the time because you oh, also have to 100%. be the mother at home um, yeah well that's it I mean I sit here and say that fighting is you know in my thoughts every waking moment but you know before that's being you know being a mother like that's um that is my number one role in life um being mm-hmm. a mother and also being a supportive partner too. I'm just very, very lucky that um, my partner is super supportive of my career and, and understands what needs to be done. Um, but, yeah, no, being a mum, like, it's funny over the years, like, I, I share stories with teammates and stuff. Like, I mean, my son's 15 now, so I've been fighting for 14, just over 14 years. So he was still in nappies when I first started um, fighting and training and, um, you know, I'd be sparring and he'd be, needing a nappy change and I'd be quickly jumping out of the ring and changing <laughs> nappy and then get back into my sparring or um yeah there's just so many things over the years that's just I'm cutting weight one time for one of my fights and I'm laying there cutting weight and then I'm getting phone calls from Australia from my son needing to know where like something was or what time something was for his soccer and yeah it's just it's they quickly pull you back into line like here I am you know cutting weight for a, a massive fight overseas and and here he is calling me for something. Yeah, um, yeah that's important in his life, obviously. <laughs> so it must be hard to get used to as well. Like, I didn't even think of that. That's because yeah. you have that's to. Be to yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always. Um, it's. It, I love seeing. Um, you know, development in women's sport, in combat sports, but not even that in all um, sports. You know, it's also seen the women's World Cup um, now, but just how much um, women's sports evolved over the years, but. Um, and, and seeing all these mothers that are returning back to um, competition after they've had a baby and, and this and that. And I kind of just sit there and think, like, 
you know, I've been doing like this for over 14 years and I was at those early days, I was a single mum of two kids. So, you know, I know what it's like to have to juggle two kids and, you know, work commitments and training commitments and that. So, you know, I kind of share that role um, and understand where a lot of these athletes are coming from. So, and it's cool to see more and more women being able to do that. Did you have a, so I think you had an ambition of, of starting an all-female promotion, right? Yeah, yeah, I've got a few things. Yep. It's it's so hard to, um, like, I've got all these ideas and I, I, I do want to get them up and running, um, but it's just so hard to do when I'm still competing and, and the commitments yeah. I've got to do at the moment. Um, these last couple of weeks of um, getting back to fit has absolutely wiped me out. And I honestly haven't been able to do much else of anything else but train and recover. So, um, but yeah, no, I've got heaps of ideas. I'd love to, um, you know, have an all women's promotion, similar to something like Invicta here in mm -hmm. Australia, um, a platform for the up and coming fighters to, and obviously with today's, um, you know, media outlets and just the exposure with um, fights being broadcasted overseas, like, and get these girls signed to overseas um, promotions given that platform here mm. um, we've got tomorrow night actually a no limit um all female boxing card um taylor harris is um headlining it so yeah that's really cool to see that too like just yeah the involvement of women's sport women's combat sport over the years since i've been fighting is amazing and now to have an all-female show here in australia um yeah it's it's really cool to see yeah that is that is absolutely fantastic and it's um <laughs> It all takes, it's just patience, like you don't even have to do it now, I think, because, you know, throughout your career, while you're fighting and everything, you end up meeting all these people, making all these connections to make those things easier, to facilitate that afterwards, you know, so oh, 100%, I don't think there's yeah. a rush, it'll come as long as you have the ambition. Yeah, I do a very good job of, you know, staying in contact with people and, and networking and, um, yeah, just being involved and having the right conversations and stuff, so, you know, I'll still have my foot in the door for a within combat sports for a long, long time after I finished fighting myself and, you know, through promoting, through managing, mm -hmm. pardon me, mentoring. Um, yeah, just teach, just involved, um, particularly in the women's side of things. Um, yeah, because obviously I can relate mm -hmm. to <laughs> everything yeah. they're going through. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, there's a lot of demand for it because... Um... I've been a part of this uh, I've because the platform has always been consciously for me. Uh, I wanted to make it at least 50-50, you know, always. And um, I think because, because of that, even when I started going to management, all these women are reaching out. But it also has to do with the fact that the industry has been really tainted. Um, there's a lot of girls that come to me and, like, have all these horror stories of, like, managers, you know, promoters and stuff. And without getting into all that, it's like they're being sort of... The, the the sport the women's side of the sport is growing the the management side and everything it's been ridden with a lot of horrible stories so they're all being pushed away and looking for other people to take care of them as the yeah. sport's growing you know as the opportunities increase so um i think it's very important uh for people like you also to 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 set that up and that's why when i'm looking for managers as well because there are so many women coming in to make them feel safer i'm trying to take on uh female managers too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's such a. Uh, I've been very, very blessed to have a manager on board since I first started, um, and I'm grateful for how he's dealt with everything to do with me. Um, but I remember when I first was signing 
um, like looking for a manager and signing with one, I was so skeptical and worried because you hear all these horror stories and not even just in combat sports, but just in sports in general, like how managers have taken advantage of athletes and especially for the ones that are up and coming and um, and anything, not even just in, in management, but anything to do with life when money is involved, um, it brings out the worst in people. So, I mean, women definitely need to be careful, <laughs> pardon me, but um, fighters in general, like, I mean, there's, yeah, a lot of guys that have been taken advantage of too. So it's oh, not even just women, yeah. It's just, it's a, um, there's a lot of shady characters out there that do take advantage of people that are vulnerable and are looking for those opportunities. And yeah, it's, um, so obviously not, not just even aimed at females. So, um, unfortunately, yeah, it's, it's, there's some oh, yeah. shady people. <laughs> yeah. 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 You got to be careful who you, who you put in your circle. Like even the, the, the other managers I collaborate with, I'm very selective with, with who I work with and we need to have the same philosophies and the same morals and all that, because even there's some big managements again that have certain people where I feel like the mentality is sometimes they're going after them for money as in like, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's because in my opinion, it's always been manager works for the fighter. The fighter is the boss agents, you know, even not, not just in fighting, you know, everywhere. They're your boss. You're working for them. You're working together. But then sometimes it gets misconstrued. And even those bigger managements sometimes, you know, it starts becoming the other way around. Yeah. It's also, especially with the bigger management companies too, they only work with the, the fighters that are already signed to these big promotions that are bringing money in. And, you know, mm. the um, smaller managers are working with up and comers to a certain degree in that like stage in their career. And then they get handed over to the, to the, um, people that are getting the bigger dollars so mm. it's um yeah it's an interesting world um obviously like I'm I'm dealing with um the um sorry just lost words I'm working um with Jackson Wink um the management company as the director of the female side of things um haven't done too mm. much on the on the side of things um since my fight um obviously I took a step back focusing on my fight career and then like after my fight I took a step back from everything but um, yeah, my foot, in, foot is in the door there. And yeah, it was really cool just um, getting to know some of the women that I was working with and just remembering what it was like to be in their shoes. And it was so good to be able to help them and just be that person to, for support because, you know, in my early days, I didn't have that myself. Um, I didn't sign with my manager until um, I was already a professional athlete and just before I signed with Bellator. So I would be with Bellator now for nine years. So Mm. um yeah he's been my manager for nine years and i've got an awesome, awesome. few awesome stories to tell um about chris but um yeah very grateful that i got a good one from the beginning yeah that's that's lucky so nine years that's yeah. a long time for sure uh, yeah jackson so this is that so that's the jackson wink management as well yeah 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 jackson yeah. wink um yeah started their own management just for company. people that don't know it's like they have yeah they have their management company as well because they're yeah. they're a like a super gym basically yeah. Well. yeah yeah they um it's really cool to even just see um obviously yeah jackson wink of um <clears throat> yeah trained a lot of world champions and and still have world champions like under their roof now but it's really cool to see their um platform expanding to into the management and i've just noticed recently that they've got like a training app that um you know people who aren't on site can use to um train but yeah it's just an evolution just you know making sure that you know their brand continues growing. Mm -hmm. 
So do you? Have, what advice do you have for fighters who who think you know who are afraid sometimes to to you know because when you think about retirement and they don't they think they don't have skills or anything and I always say you've been in this industry right and you've you've you have access that people would kill for sometimes you know like uh, so make use of that because the type of networking and the type of uh, experience and connections you get from there could set you up for life. Yeah. 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 Sorry, was uh, there a yeah. So, so yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what do you what what, do you, what what advice do you have for fighters? <laughs> Sorry, what advice do you have for fighters um, who might think that way, might be afraid of uh, you know reaching the end of their career? Maybe they'll start fighting for too long, taking too much damage. You know. Yeah. Um, I guess, and like, yeah, for me, like for me personally, it's just making sure that you've got to like still love what you do. Um, this sport is dangerous. I mean, it's a sport just like any other sport, but what we do is dangerous. So you've got to love what you do. And yeah, some people are happy to walk away from it, not have anything like, you know, have anything further to do with it. But um, for me personally, um, I thought, yeah, I, I love this and I love everything about it. And um, I guess, for those who know kind of my journey into my fight career and why I started fighting and even more of my personal life, um, like my main goal in life is to give back um, and give back to those who have either experienced the same sorts of things as me or, yeah, like I, I love coaching, I love teaching, I love mentoring, I love motivational speaking, I love, yeah, just being able to help people in any way, um, you know, whether it be so in my motivational sports um, talks, whether it be to inspire people or to motivate people or in my um, youth services mentoring sessions to, you know, guide teenagers who, um, you know, are in less fortunate situations and are looking at sort of are a bit wayward in life and, and need some direction to, to help them in those instances, um, to share my own technical skills in you know coaching and um yeah just just to share this because this sport's given me so much and and at times when I feel like it's taken from me but it, at in the end this has given me everything that I have in my life right now um me and my kids and my family and yeah it's <clears throat> it's given me everything but it's also made me um become the person that I am today and if I could share that little bit with somebody else and help them in their life then yeah that's that's kind of like my reason and um yeah but again like if for those who are fighters and and yeah don't want to pursue anything then they might want to walk away and be happy to just you know start something else like it depends on what their relationship with the sport is i guess yeah it differs per person of course uh yeah and but it's good it's good that you still want to be involved in the sport because i think it's very necessary and you know especially because when you entered, it was still growing, and now it's in its boom, like in its peak, sort of. So, yeah, you know, people who've been there through throughout the beginning and the peak, sort of, uh, can be the most helpful, I think. To stay oh, for in sure, there. it's yeah, it's just super cool to see the evolution of it all. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. back when I first started fighting, um, I was an amateur boxer, but it wasn't until I started MMA. It was a Ronda Rousey era, and so she was yeah. the one that made it go boom. And not just in MMA, whole way across the board with combat sports. Like she was the one that gave us a platform that we have today. And whether or not you love her or people want to knock her, you've got to be grateful for that. Because, you know, when I first started fighting, um, I was 
the only girl training where I was. Um, you know, sometimes you're lucky to have, you know, one female fight on a card and it would be like a spectacle. The whole crowd would be drawn to it because I'd be like, oh, there's girls fighting. And now there's a fight card, hardly ever do you not see, you know, two or three girl fights on it. And it's not that we're a spectacle anymore. People aren't just gawking at us thinking, oh, well, it's these two females. They're looking mm. at the females because they're talented and they're just as skilled, if not more skilled, than some of the men fighting on the card. And we're respected. Um, you know, there's there's all girls classes, all girls fight cards. There's, you know, it's a mixed 50-50 of men and women on the match training. Um, but, yeah, it's not like the girls just, like I remember when I first started, there was another girl we just get partnered off to the side and the guys wouldn't want to be training with mm. us. Whereas now I jump in, I'm, I'm in the mix with the guys and I'm holding my own and they're not. Afraid you're better to me because yeah, <laughs> your fighting <Yeah>. style, <laughs> especially like some of the gyms that I'm training at. Cause it's like, yeah, like, hell yeah, I am, you know, a Bellator mm. um, or one, number one, number two, now number three. <laughs> But it's still, yeah. I'm the number three ranked Bellator fighter. And I walked in and, you know, I'm the most successful athlete, not just female, like in the gym. Up, well, it depends on what gym I'm in. Obviously, if I'm walking into Alex's gym, I'm not. <laughs> or if I'm training. But like, it depends. Yeah. But yeah, I'll yeah, hold yeah. that. I'll, yeah. I'll be, um, hold my head high. Yeah, and... like, like they know your accomplishments and it's, uh, you know, and yeah. um, that makes them train with you differently, look at you differently. Because, I mean, you are yeah, the big but... dog there, basically. Yeah, and I'm not, but I'm not just the female. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm respect, but it's re like I said, really cool to see the evolution and people's, um, you know, thoughts and opinions on seeing females on like mm -hmm. fight shows or in the gym anymore. They don't look at them like they're females because, like I said, a lot of them are more talented and skilled than some of the guys. And that's where I always bring up uh, when people are like talking about what is it, uh, pay in sports, equal pay in sports, right? Uh, yeah. Because in, in, in MMA and in combat sports, it is pretty much equal at this point. And yeah. Um, yeah, and it's because it draws an equal audience and people watching the cards are also watching the, the women. Because it's like, I feel like you need to get paid based on how many eyeballs you, you draw, right? So yeah, we, they found a very good structure and it probably has to do with, yeah, I mean, Ronda Rousey did have a big role to play in that oh, 100 100 yeah. no i won't ever have anything negative to say about anything to do with that woman um like i don't know her personally at all but you know even even when people want to ask me because I, I feel like i always get asked these questions waiting for me to like say something negative and a little bit of trash talk or something which I'm oh. <laughs> but um you know even if she decides to come back i mean <laughs> but even her move from mma over to wwe like that was like a financial move which was super mm -hmm. smart like I mean, if somebody offered me that amount of money tomorrow to go over there and do that, I'd be terrible at it. But, um, you know, it would be something that I would, like, definitely, like, consider and, and if not do it because, yeah, there's there's certain things in life, like, even for me, um, you know, I've been wanting to step back into the boxing ring for a long, long time. Like, boxing is my passion and it's always the root of everything. Like, I mean, that's – I mean, I'm anger fierce. Everyone knows I like three punches. But for me um, – like I haven't, it hasn't been worth my while to step back into the boxing ring because of the money side of things. Like I can do a fight camp mm -hmm. and spend the same amount of time and effort and energy and commitment in a fight camp and box, but literally get paid like 
shrapnel compared to what I do in MMA. So yeah, it's yeah. just, it's not worth my while. So, I mean, that, that's my um, sort of like decision that I've had to make, but, and it's going against like what I want and for purely because of the purposes of money and finances. So yeah, for Rhonda to obviously leave MMA and, you know, that might've been her passion and obviously everything like that, but money talks. So <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, the women's boxing, it's in a boom right now. It's in the lift, but it's like, it's at the beginning. It's where MMA was, women's MMA was, uh, when Ronda yeah. Rousey came in. Like, you know, where there was Ronda Rousey, there was people making a lot of money, but there was only very few. But boxing is now at that beginning stage of that, the women's side of it. Yeah, So yeah. it just needs a little bit of time, but I think it's coming, you know. Of course, yeah, I mean, it's going to take ages for them to make as much as the men because boxing is astronomical. It's like oh, tens of millions. But, I mean, but, um, yeah, but at least to make it worthwhile I mean, and going through a camp, like you said, and everything, like it'll get there soon. Yeah. I think. Yeah, no. Boxing here in Australia, unfortunately, isn't paying a lot of money at all. But um, yeah, I, I know I probably could have pushed the point um, a little bit more and um, you know got the paychecks that I wanted. But it's also... It's a respect out of having the respect I have for both sports too. Boxing is a full time sport and MMA is mm -hmm. a full time sport. And yeah. you know, I already look at my fight camps with MMA, and I feel like there's just not enough hours in the day to even feel like you're 100% covering every aspect of an MMA fight camp. Like, um, yeah, and boxing itself, it's it's a sweet science. You need a full fight camp for that. So to sort of be jumping between the two is mm -hmm. really hard. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, I mean, you've you've uh, uh, yeah, you've trained as well with her with uh, Larissa Shields when she was jumping between the two, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did she? Was it like tough? Because I mean, she's she's elite elite boxing, so she you know, I, I bet she doesn't because it's so ingrained in her. She doesn't have as much of an issue like getting back to boxing. But we um was we it some... was it weird for her? Do you think oh, like she, she was... was struggling with yeah with the stance and everything? Um. Oh well. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna like transition from boxing to MMA, there's no better gym to do it than Jackson Wink. Um, obviously look at the success Holly had, but they're a great gym um, for anyone that's even just starting out to like really teach you the basics well. They do that very well. Um, it was great to be in the gym with Clarissa when she was, um, you know, in her camps for her first PFL fights. And we had some great sparring sessions and a whole lot of stories I can tell from those. But yeah, she um She's a dangerous woman to stand in front of with four ounce gloves. Those punches, she does not throw mm. anything softly. She throws with intent and she turned this boxer into a wrestler real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so I was straight for that. We, um, yeah, we, we had some great, we were great for each other because obviously everyone was going to try and take Clarissa down. And so she needed people to be taking her down. And yeah, that's what I was doing. I was just double legging her every chance I had and was taking it down <laughs> because yeah, that right hand, holy shit, she throws it. So yeah. Well, that's great yeah. preparation for cyborg. I mean, <laughs> well, that's it. And you know what, that was actually something that I, um, you know, in my mental practices, standing in front of Clarissa, having Holly home as a training partner, um, you know, those two girls, <clears throat> Holly's just as fierce of a training partner too. She, um, it, it's great to be in the presence of both those girls who obviously have both reached, um, you know, the top of both their sports and stuff and they're seeing their mindsets because, yeah, they're, they're there to win every round, like every minute of every round in every session. 
And um, yeah, there's there's no friends on the mats. Obviously, safe safe training partners, but yeah, it's their mentality <clears throat> is next level. And um, yeah, I learn a lot from training mm. with them, and um, they definitely both toughen me up in preparation for that cyborg fight. And I actually have a lot to thank for um, yeah the two of them for that. That's amazing. It's like the winner mentality of the, them wanting to win every minute, well, every round in training as well. <laughs> well, I can tell you this now. I've played dominoes with Holly, <laughs> and she doesn't even like losing at that. <laughs> she's, she's competitive wow. and everything, but, like, I love it. Like, it's awesome. Like, because, yeah, I mean, this is the thing. You, we're not here, near dancing around. Like, it's, it's, it's a dangerous sport, and if you're not in it, then you're not serious. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that competitiveness about them. Like, you know, we'll be training and it'll be hard training. And then as soon as the session's over, we're all huggy and laughing and talking and, and hanging out and doing whatever. But yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll be very, very lucky to be in like close proximity with a lot of people who have just had a mentality that's been next level. Like, um, you know, Holly, Clarissa, you know, getting to train with Alex down at freestyle, like his, his mindset mentality and training is just next level. And, um mm -hmm. yeah I've, I've learned a lot from a lot of people that i've been around which has um, been really really cool it's like people aligning people who have the same philosophy that's the most important thing yeah and they're just yeah, good people trip. too like it's um you know yeah. holly, holly is one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet but obviously once you're a friend <laughs> um yeah and the same with alex like he's just a, a good family guy um you know he'll help you out if you're on those mats and sharing those mats with him he um yeah he's a, he's a good guy he's always there to help you out he's a good teammate i've got some <laughs> questions about uh from people asking who are the next up-and-comers in australia that you that you see are you next still a bit in touch with their talents coming up as well so because you spend most of your i mean your fire camps and everything in in albuquerque right in new mexico but um, yeah. Um, well, you guys have just had Drop Bear on. Um, Drop Bear is the homie. That's one of my best friends. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. Um, well. She's got a big fight coming up with um Fane. What's mm. Fane's last name? Mesquita. Ah, um, uh, yes, can't pronounce it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, th that'll be a really interesting fight. Um, Fane fought um a good friend of mine uh, a couple months ago now, but yeah, she's she's a very strong like physical well-rounded um fighter herself so yeah that'll be a super interesting one i think um you know the winner of that fight could go on to be the next girl that signs sort of overseas um obviously mm -hmm. it's their um promotion uh, professional debut but um you know there's been people signed pardon for both of them yeah 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 but i mean god there's um there's been professional debut fighters um, debut on Bellator for their professional debut. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah um, I mean, uh, well, um, Sumiko, did, she had a professional yeah, debut on yeah, Bellator as well. Um, Look what she's doing. Yeah. So, yeah, I've known a few of them now um, that have done that. So, yeah, that's a, that's an awesome thing about Bellator is that they give people, um, you know, chances that they don't wait for them to have these you know, undefeated records or like on a win streak or something, they, they see mm -hmm. potential in a fighter and um, yeah, they give them the opportunity. And it was the same thing with me. Like my record was um, five and four when I, I think it was five and four, something like that. Five and four when I signed with Bellator, but um, they saw something in me and they believed in me and, and they've stuck it out with me over these years and and I've gone to, you know, do great things within the, um, yeah. 
promotion and yeah being loyal to them as well so um but yeah so those two um who else have we got oh oh even um did you guys have justin on your show recently ben hayden Lockjaw? No, uh, no, but I put him in because I put out the top five uh, prospects to watch for men and women oh. each, and I had yeah. Justin Van Heerden in there. Yes, yes. Yeah. Haven't had yeah. him on yet. No. Yeah. Um. Well, obviously, Colby. Um. Yeah, he's from Freestyle as well. He's definitely um like one to keep in like He's for a kid that's mm -hmm. only twenty one. Um. I think he might, he might be twenty two now, actually, because I'm pretty sure he's the same age as my daughter, but. The wealth of knowledge he has for someone so young um, is oh, ridiculous. Man, yeah. I think in general, um, it's just uh, freaky to see sometimes like how young, how good these people are at what age now, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got, um, I know that um, Janae Harding has got a fight coming up with um, Jamie Addendon. Yeah, Addendon. But, you know, that's that's a big fight. Like, obviously, um like I remember being in Janae's shoes um, after my first um, contract with Bellator and I wasn't, I didn't re-sign with them straight away because I was trying to possibly see if I go the UFC route. I wasn't sure what I kind of was doing. So I, I had a fight back here actually with Janae on local soil and it was, it was a bit of a scary thing to kind of, you know, step away from a promotion like Bellator and have it and, you know, a, a fight on a promotion that wasn't as big in that because it, it, it's a risk because obviously yeah. if you lose that you kind of like yeah um close that door <laughs> but um yeah, yeah, but yeah. this is a fight for jamie because um you know if she gets a win over janae then you know that kind of puts her in um a good yeah. opportunity to get signed overseas but yeah i'm actually heading over in a couple of weeks to um train with um janae um at city nice. kickboxing yeah, so we're gonna have her on still uh I'm gonna have her on that before every fight because she's the homie. She's 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 just great, you know, as a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she looked um, fantastic. Like I was at that fight, uh, cage side, uh, last time, and like you understand how promotions think sometimes, but like, I mean, I personally thought she won the fight. She could have won the fight, but yeah. Yeah, oh, she's gonna train with her. On home soil um, for. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Especially, oh God, that that um Dublin crowd would have been that atmosphere. Oh, I can send you a video. That was amazing. Yeah. Have you fought in Dublin? Um, yeah, you no, did, right? No, no, no I haven't. Oh. No, actually, Cyborg did. That's what. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was looking. I was looking at pushing to fight over there because it kind of gave me a really good excuse to then holiday in Europe <laughs> after yeah. while I'm there. Um, no, I just because I do my fight camps over at Jackson Week now. I um. Yeah, I've just always pushed for the American cars. And obviously, I've built, like, a really good fan base in Hawaii, which is why mm -hmm. my last two fights have been in Hawaii. But, um, yeah, no, back to the Janae fight. Um, I actually yeah. thought that she was technically the better fighter. She was yeah. just so well-rounded and scoring really well. But I think she just, Janae just had that really powerful punch and had more effectiveness in a punch. Yeah. So, and, yeah, it's, it's interesting because you've, you had taken that same fight and put it somewhere else with a different set of judges, it could have gone another way. So it's, um, it's, that's unfortunate when you, you leave um, fights up to the judges. And again, depending on what judges you have sitting there judging the fight. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. There's one specific one we talk about all the time. So it's, <laughs> he was there. Yeah. He was one of them too.
yeah. it was ridiculous because she very clearly won round two. The third one was close. The third one was a swing round. The first one was Sinead. Yeah. It's actually quite a funny. <laughs> Janae and Sinead, like how differently you spell the names, but how similar they sound. But um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, he still gave uh, 30 27, even though the second one, there's no other way to score it than Janae. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. It happens, uh, you know, and yeah, it's I've a risk. It's done by judges a few times and you know I would have been a world champion back in my first attempt at the Bellator title if it hadn't been for judges and you now I was a bit of a sore loser um for a long long time after that but you know what at the end of the day they say don't leave it to the judges so yeah you don't leave Which it to is, the judges yeah and I understand why they say it but it's such a stupid thing right like it's it's yeah. not it's not the sport we're playing like yeah yeah I mean I guess when it comes to MMA, you've got more chances of finishing a fight than you do, say, in boxing. Like boxing is a little bit hard to, like, clean knockout someone. But, I mean, MMA, you know, you get there, you ground and pound, finish someone, mm-hmm. submit them, knock them out. I mean, I've got knockout, like, power. And, yeah, it, it almost was there in my last fight. <laughs> yeah. I thought you had her. And I was, like, I was getting yeah, excited. Yeah. A little yeah. slight slip up in my fight IQ and, yeah, end up back on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> know, we're touching a lot of we're touching a lot of bases here and i love it i hope uh, i mean you, you've got time right yeah yeah i can talk all day once i get started okay good. yeah because i was about <laughs> to say like we could talk all day about things and and i really don't mind uh but um because we're on this topic now i mean in bellator like you know you've heard the rumors everything the acquisitions and everything like that like uh, what do you what do you think about about that does it play a role in your decision making in your career and everything like that and no not because really nobody, to be honest. yeah yeah i've had a, a few people sort of mention it like oh what do, you, what do you think and i'm like you know what my saying in life is whatever happens happens and what like yeah whatever comes from it um yeah like i mean for me i'm paying more attention to pfl at the moment too because there is a featherweight division now and there's all these new signings Absolutely. so you know as my manager said to me too like i mean if there is like a sort of a um collaboration with the two it just means more potential opponents for me um mm-hmm. you know pfl have obviously got money like my only concern would be um you know what my next sort of contract or you know if if i can sort of maintain um you know the money that i'm on right now and i don't take it mm-hmm. you know to my my next um contract but yeah at the end of the day all i can control is how i fight and how i perform and and yeah so for me, I've just got to make sure I win. So that's my first priority is just win, win, win. And, um, yeah, I guess go out there and be that superstar that I know I can be. And, and yeah, everything else will fall into place. Whatever will be, will be. So, yeah. Well, I personally it, it, don't think... Sorry? It'll be, yeah, it's exciting. Um, yeah. It's yeah, it's exciting. Cool. It was... It's I like it could be. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I um, think there might be a, a slight delay, and that's why this happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, what I was you saying was, um, <laughs> I know when PFL first came onto the scene, people were like, "Oh, this promotion won't last. They're throwing too mm-hmm. much money around. It's like it's not going to be something that they can continue on with." But here they are. I mean, what year are we into now? Oh, three um, years or four years? I mean, I've been watching it for three years now. Uh, in the new format so yeah yeah so three i would say three big years because that's when i started watching uh yeah yeah so you know good on them um and yeah whatever whatever happens next um 
yeah, it's a big money move. Um, and obviously um, it must be the right fit for Bellator if that's what, um, you know, Scott Coke is wanting mm -hmm. to do. So um, I don't think it means anything for my career. It's not, it doesn't mean that I'm going to sort of like jump ship or anything like um, touching base on what I said before. Bellator saw something in me and believed in me years ago. And and that's where my loyalty is sort of stuck with them over the years. And, and I've stayed on with them. Yeah, but also like logic would say, like if you're if you're highly ranked, they'll keep you because what 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 the acquisition, I mean, if anything, PFL is is buying a roster and a catalog of fighters, right? So you want to keep the best ones on, and that's what yeah. you're buying the promotion for if you do. So, um, yeah, it won't be anything to worry about for you, I'm sure. As long as I and, keep uh, winning, <laughs> as long as you keep winning, yeah. But it seems to be happening very soon, so it might even happen before your next fight. Like I don't know. And speaking of that, like, do you have anything in the works right now? Um, yeah, it's funny. I um, had that time away with my surgery and, and it's the longest my manager has gone without me hounding him for, um, you know, trying to organize a fight. So it was good just to sort of obviously we stay in contact regularly, but we were talking everything but fighting pretty much. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, I guess, I guess he would have been excited when I finally sent that message saying, okay, I want to I wanna start getting to know like what's next for me now so yeah i'll be back inside the bellator cage in december um which gives me enough time to get through my like proper rehab with my knee and then and build a good base um of fitness and and obviously my skills again and yeah like i said before i'm going over to city kickboxing next month spend a couple of weeks wow. over there with um the oh, girls yeah, today, yeah. And the team yeah the team are all like there's a whole um stable of fighters preparing for ufc in sydney so the energy in the gym will be good um wow. and that's kind of like scene i want to get back into so it's been two weeks over there then i'll come back and then um yeah obviously prepare to pack up and head over to jackson wink and do my fight camp and yeah fight in december and then wrap up the year and enjoy christmas exciting 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 and then you can let the business happen <laughs> work itself out you know all the other yeah. stuff outside of your career um there's no names that you're eyeing. There's no, like, or there haven't been any offers made. No, no. So to be fair, it's um opponent to be advised and, um yeah, location as well. So I was kind of trying to put my feelers out to try and get an idea of where it's going to be. Because, um, um, yeah, obviously Bellator only sort of put out their schedule a couple of months in advance. I think we're up until September at the moment. But, um yeah, so no idea where December will be. And um, yeah, no idea. I mean, yeah, everyone knows me. I, I will fight anyone. Um, unfortunately, obviously, yeah. I'm coming off a two two fight losing streak, so it'd be nice to get back into a win column. But I've never been mm. known to take an easy fight. So um, any fight that I take now, if it's a high ranked fighter, obviously it's risky, and if it's an unranked fighter, it's even riskier. But so yeah, the next one I just need to go in and focus on me. Um, you know, focus on my fight camp and, and preparation and just go in there and make a statement. And I've done it before. Um, I haven't come off, haven't been in this situation since, um, you know, being with Bellator. I've never lost more than one fight. I've always come bounce straight back. Mm. So um, this is new territory for me. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely not going three losses. I know that. So it doesn't matter who. <laughs> statistically impossible <laughs> if you look at it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, as you said, you took the toughest fights. But, um, yeah, I really hope you bounce back. You know, I'm, I have a lot of confidence in it. And, uh, you know, you're doing all the right things. So uh, I'll yeah. be rooting for you. 
Um, yeah. Uh, one thing I'd say <laughs> add to that is, if anything, you know, if you want to end your career the right way one day, it's going to be you, Cyborg, in Bare Knuckle. <laughs> uh, that would, yeah. Um, I, I did, I've kind of put that idea out there. Oh, it was a while ago now, but I think it might have been before our first fight. Um, but I really thought it'd be cool to do a trilogy with um, Chris and have a boxing fight, a kickboxing fight, mm. and an MMA fight. And we would be the first in history oh. to have gone all three. And it would be really cool um, if it had been, obviously, a kickboxing fight um, under the Bellator banner. Um, oh, obviously, yeah. an MMA yeah. fight under the Bellator banner. And then, yeah, and then, obviously, a, a boxing card that Bellator could um, obviously give us permission to fight on or whatever. But, yeah, it would be really cool um, to do that with her. Chris and I have a huge amount of respect for each other as athletes and women and, and mothers. And um, yeah, but obviously when we get into the cage, we it's business. Um, but yeah, we do have that respect for each other. And yeah, I, I would really like to do that with her. It'd be cool. So, um, but yeah, bare knuckle boxing for sure. God, could you imagine that? I mean, I've, I've been cut now. So I mean, I've... <laughs> yeah, I've been imagining um, it. I've been imagining it ever since. Uh, ever since they keep reaching out to me for for talent and everything, um, I'm like, that would be the dream fight, honestly, to make. Yeah. I mean, if they want to send me over um, a dollar value, um, make it worth my while. I'm 100 percent there, and I'm sure Chris would be too. That would be a fight. <laughs> I'm gonna plant the seed. <laughs> see, <laughs> let's see. All right. Hey, Arlene, thank you very much for doing the show. Do you have anything else you wanted to add? Anything, anyone you want to thank? Um, I would like to thank um, all my fans and followers, um, mostly. Um, obviously, I've got all my trainers and sponsors and everyone that I always say thank you to and I will always say thank you to. But, um, I, yeah, my fans and followers and obviously anyone that's listening to this podcast, but I really do have a good fan base, um, you know, I don't have any trash talkers that follow, like, follow me and comment and stuff. Like, I don't know if it's because I carry myself in a respectable manner and, I, you know, I don't sort of, you know, I'm not controversial with things I post and stuff, but um, I'm very, very grateful for the people that, you know, like my posts and comment and reach out, send messages and stuff because it does mean a lot. And especially when you're going through tough times and that too, knowing that, um, you know, I am that inspirational, you know, I help motivate people or people, you know, truly do follow and support me, um, you know, it it helps a lot. So thank you. Yeah, and it, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it too. Now, I noticed this. Uh, it's it's a it's an Aussie thing too. Like I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of Aussie fighters where like in the Aussie fight community, it's like there's a lot of there's no beefs. Uh, it seems like there's very few. Uh, there's a lot of support. There's not as much hate. Oh, we all uh, back each other, hundred percent. Yeah, yep. it's it's, it's yep. a lot of pride and and I love it too because. The more Aussies I have on, like I've been growing an Aussie fan base, <laughs> and you know, so yeah. I I just run with it because I like them and I like the the fan base a lot too in the community and yeah. yeah. I guess so, for uh, all of us Australians too, like I mean, um, obviously, yeah, I was one of sort of the original OGs, um, you know, that started off on the um, international scene. But it's cool watching more and more people come over. But yeah, we all back each other because you mm -hmm. know we came from a small minority. It's still a sport that's growing here. Um, you know, unless you're an MMA fan, it's um, still getting frowned upon um, by a lot of, you know, people who don't. That's right. Respect the sport. Yeah, you know, even touching base now and Alex Volkanovski not receiving the key to Wollongong because, True. yeah, the, the mayor 
things that, you know, MMA is a violent sport and this and that. So, like, it just, this is what the culture that we have here in Australia is that it's not um, as widely as appreciated as it is in America and, and other countries. So, yeah, for us fighters, um, you know, we, we know what it's like to sort of have to work hard for our sponsorship, you know, to get to our training and, and, and everything, grow, grow our platform. And um, so, yeah, so us Anzacs too, Australia and New Zealand, we all back each other. Yeah, no, for sure. It's it, it actually is. I just remembered that too, and it's strange to think about because Australia, well, the whole Oceania scene has been this next superpower that came up in 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 MMA and in yeah. combat sports and boxing as well. So, um, for it to be frowned upon still, and you just don't really. It's hard to fathom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've um I've had a lot of rejections from um, sponsorships because. They don't want to endorse, um, you know, combat sports wow. because of the violence. Like, and it's so funny. Like, I've had, um, you know, female sporting activewear brands that I love and I still buy. But, um, <laughs> and I was like, you know, reached out for sponsorship and that. And um, it's funny enough because in their advertisements, they'll have female models with boxing gloves on or, you know, punching a boxing bag wearing the activewear. But yet they don't actually want to have, an, a, you know, a woman who, I'm a woman, I'm a mother, I'm a partner, oh. you know, I'm a family person, I, I'm respectable. Um, but, yeah, they don't want to endorse endorse fighting because it's violent. And I'm just like, anyway, so. Okay. And if Still capitalizing lost. on the fan base, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. okay. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I hope that changes. Yeah, all, you, all you can yeah. do is keep winning, right? <laughs> so, yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's yeah. Well, I appreciate your time so much. Enjoy the, the rest of your evening and uh, we'll you. be in touch. All right, awesome. Time. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.